This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, welcome back, Steve. Oh, uh, great to be back. It's good to have your information changes all the time. Uh, you mentioned last week that you would try to pass on some good news this week. Uh, any luck? <laughs> yeah, you know, I felt pretty bad about that. It's always bad news. But yes, we can talk salmon for a minute. How about that one? You and I both know that drought can really impact salmon. I mean, we're talking about coming back from the ocean, but also... Again, when the offspring are making their way back down again to the ocean. So uh, the national fish hatcheries actually plan for their interventions early to help the, the, the salmon out. The interventions can start as early as January, although, you know, at that time they're also praying and hoping for more rain so we don't have to have such, you know, concerns for getting the juveniles down downstream again. Anyhow, Brett uh, Gallion at the Coleman and Livingston Stone National Fish Hatchery, he stated that they released 11.8 million full-run Chinook salmon before the river conditions turned poor. That's, they were so successful. And they found that if the salmon is released, these, these juveniles are released in March after a rain event, they survive a lot better than if the release had occurred in April without the rain. Even if the March release rains or, or the releases were a smaller volume of, of fish, they were just more successful. And this is what their, their studies have, have found out. And it may be, they, they stated that it may be because of all the suspended solids, all that muddy water from the rain events, you know, it gets real mucky in, in our rivers. And you can't see, which is a really good thing for these little buggers, these little juveniles that are trying to uh, find their way safely down the river to the ocean. You know, the, the predators, they can't see them. So the Red Bluff Fish and Wildlife Office, uh, they project flow and temperature conditions about three weeks after the proposed release dates in coming up with the release dates. So it's, it's really a very positive story. They look at the average travel time and the distance that the juveniles can travel. Well, how long does it take uh, for them to get to the ocean from, say, the Redding area? Yeah, I don't really know. But do you know how long that ride is? That, that swim is 300 miles long. And uh, maybe a little bit less if you have saline water coming in, as it is even now as we speak, from the ocean. It, it, there's a buffer zone when the salt water uh, meets the fresh water. And uh, there's that concern that the delta could be affected by, by that salt water intrusion. So it may be a little less than 300 miles at a time. But uh, I don't know how long it takes. Only that uh, these are strong fish. They're, they do this every year. And that's, uh, that's magical in itself. Isn't that dangerous for our water supplies and inland waters? Yeah, you're talking about the saline water, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, once you add salt to a freshwater aquifer, you've damaged the aquifer. Or you've damaged the groundwater aquifer and because it's tainted now. Uh, and then, of course, it has an impact on the surface water in the Delta, too. And, and we are pumping water out of the Delta and using it for our own purposes for drinking water and other things. And it's problematic there, too, because our treatment systems only handle so much uh, treatment, and then, then it becomes problematic. Now, the California Department of Water Resources, they do have some mitigations to prevent that saline water, that salty water, from coming in from the ocean. 
And what they have already started is they 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 build they do this whenever a drought happens and it's severe as it is today. They build a 750 foot wide rock barrier to prevent saltwater intrusion into the Sacramento San Joaquin River Delta. And I think they they put all these boulders and rocks and everything in different barges and they they park them out there in the Contra Costa County area out in the waters and then they they just move the barges to where they need them and then put everything back you know into into the uh, into the delta this uh, temporary barrier I don't know if you can fathom this but it's a hundred and ten thousand cubic yards now one if you order gravel those of you at home who have gravel driveways usually you know, each load's about 10 yards. Okay, we're talking about 110,000 of those will we'll create this thing. So it's, it's absolutely amazing. That is amazing, Steve. Uh, I know that you wanted to uh, shift our conversations mm-hmm. before we end to wildfires. Um, what message uh, do you want to leave us with today? Uh, you know, Paul, this is actually a, a good one, too. I mean, every one of us listening today needs to have a get-out plan, right? Because if there's a wind-driven fire, things happen really quick, and we want to be safe. So um, a real plan, a get-out plan, it requires three parts, and this is what everyone really needs to think about. It has a part where you're actually, you need to do to prepare for evacuation. This is way before there's even a fire. And then you have to have an ability to communicate for monitoring the wildfire conditions as things are developing and happening, to know when you need to move, to to get out. Then, of course, the evacuation itself. So it comes in three parts. And if you don't have all three parts, well, you know what? It's easy to, to develop this because there's a downloadable guidance document that Operation Unite put together. It's really easy to do. Just go to operationunite.co. And follow the banner on top of the homepage. It says, go on over to the Disaster Preparedness tab and download your own 10 megabyte PDF file of, of, your, of your guidance document. You make it your own. Everybody does it differently. Everybody's in a different stage of having a good one already. And, uh, but everybody can serve to, uh, they, they can improve on it. And remember, when the caca hits the fan, we, uh, small mistakes become big mistakes. And that could that could take a life. We don't want that to happen. So go and download your guidance document and create your own. Really look at it. It's this, this is good news because there's a way. It's not hard. It's a way to really stay safe if there was a windblown fire. So uh, what do you think of that? Sounds good, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's no, do it's, it. No, it puts everything in order, you know, if you follow a plan like that. Yeah. and you know, you, Something that's you, been thought out other than just your own ideas. So. And when we're rattled in the middle of, a, an, ev- of, of an emergency, sometimes we, we forget things. So this is a great way to go. Oh, Steve, once again, how can people uh, download that plan? Again, just go get on your computers. Go to www.operationunite.co. Only, only two letters. No C- comma. C-O. There's no M on that. No, uh C-O. And then just follow the prompt on the banner at the very top. It's really easy. It's 10 megabytes. It's nothing. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm discussing these things with people openly everywhere because uh, I'm getting very positive feedback from it. People are doing it. Uh, there's a lot of activity now at, at the site. People from all other counties, too, a, a number of other counties, downloading it and using it. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMOR's water guy, Steve Baker. 
You can email him with your questions at stevebaker at operationunite.co.